Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Uh, please fill us full of love and, and hope as we listen to your word. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Good job, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So good morning. I um I have some props. Some of these might get messy and the cleaning people might get upset, but uh, here we go. So I've got, the camera can't even see me. You could tell this was well planned. All right, so let me come over here. Um, all right, so it's that time of year. Some of you are probably finishing off some candy that you may or may not have gotten last week, right? You still got some in the bowls, things like that. I call you beginners. The rest of us have all finished off our candy just like that, right? But anyway, um, this time of year, it's November. You believe it's November, right? So we call this, there's two names for it. We call it autumn. We also call it fall. People like me call it fall because I'm battling with these in my backyard all the time. These just keep falling off the tree. I don't know where they're coming from. The tree has no leaves on it, and yet somehow they miraculously reappear in my backyard. So I have these, right? Also, you might notice in your house or when you visit other places, decorations like, you know, pumpkins, different, different colors, different sizes, things like that. You notice that our, our pretty wreaths that uh, Miss Bonnie puts up, the green ones went away, and we got these fall leaves that uh, wreaths, fall leaf wreaths. That sounds like a Dr. Seuss thing that I just said right there, right? So it's November, and there's a holiday at the end of November. It's fast becoming my favorite holiday. Okay, do you know what that holiday is? Thanks. Yes. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yes. What do you like about Thanksgiving? Yeah. Okay. What does anybody else like? <laughs> yes, I like the food. I really do. That's like it for me. But we have a tradition at our house, okay, where we get up early in the morning and we watch the parade together. And I have a big cup of coffee. I mean, big. All right. And, and I sit there in my pajamas and I watch the parade. I used to do that with my mom when I was like your age, Sam. So, so now it's, you know, it's just something that I do. And, uh, I do it with, with my kids, and it's just something fun. But here's the thing about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, what's that first part of that word? It's thanks, right? It's what we remember to be thankful for. So I have a, I have a homework assignment for you, okay? <gasps> Some of you are excited. Some of you now hate me. Okay, so here we go. How many of you have something like this in your house? Yes, right? On the refrigerator maybe or on the wall, okay? So this is next year's. I don't want you to wait for next year, but here's what I want you to do. On your calendar at home, every day, I want you to write down one word of something that you are thankful for. Every day, okay? Just go up, find your day, and say, okay, I'm going to write here, let me say, food, all right? Or let me say, um, weather because it's nice weather out right now. Let me say my friends, okay? Or let me write, you know, you could, whatever it is, your toys, 
your friends, your brothers and sisters, whatever that is, um, your favorite pastor, it doesn't matter. Just write something down every day. And here's the thing. In your house, because I know pretty much for all of you this is true, there's more than one child in the home. I want each child to write something. Oh, okay. So then you can go back. Yeah, yeah, some of you are thinking we need a bigger calendar. All right, so, so here's, here's the thing, okay. After a few days, I want you to go back and I want you to read what it says from a few days ago. And I want you to remember the things that you're thankful for. Every day it has to be something different. Okay, for the whole month of November, so that at the end of November for Thanksgiving, you can look back on the calendar and you can remember this. Okay, it's good to give thanks. All right, it's very important to give thanks, and I want you to remember what you're thankful for. Okay, you remember that? All right, that's what I got. You can go to class, you can hang out, you can do whatever. All right. So I have some announcements this morning. Good morning to those of you that are watching online. We're, we're a little thin here live. Uh, we've got some sickness. Um, my sister uh, has COVID. She came back from Florida with it. Um, she's okay, but uh, of course, so her and Ivan are quarantining for, for COVID. The, the molars are dealing with uh, little kid you know, sickness stuff as well, so, so they're not here. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. Let's just be praying for, um, for sickness. Um, also, last week, we talked about the Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes, and I dropped a major ball because apparently there were labels in the big box that, back there that I had of the unassembled boxes. There were labels, and there were, like, directions and things that, you know, are kind of important, and um, I didn't realize they were in there, and they got thrown out. So I have, <laughs> today... If you grabbed shoeboxes last week, I have labels. Uh, there's stickers where you can say this is a box for a boy, box for a girl. There's um, a label that you can put on there, I believe, with a QR code. And you can scan that QR code. That gives you a tracking number so that you can watch your box after it's gone. And you can track it and see exactly where it ends up, which is really cool. So um, I've got those on the table. Also brought more boxes. No pressure, but just in case. And there is one that's like pre-assembled. Nobody took it. I don't know if they thought that was the floor model or what, but there's no mileage on it. You can take it. It's, you know, some of the work is already done, so just take, the, take that box as well. Um, for, uh, a couple, couple more announcements real quick. Um, we have a potluck dinner that we are planning here for the church on the 18th. That's a Friday night at 5.30. Please talk to Maggie. Maggie has volunteered to make sure that every one of us don't all bring mac and cheese. Okay, so she's kind of organizing everything to make sure that we have a little bit of variety. The church is going to be supplying some of the stuff as well. So we just want everybody to come and, and fellowship together. That'll be a lot of fun. And finally, just a, a word of blessing, because often when we talk about prayer, we focus on the needs, and of course the needs are important, but I also want to... Uh, just give a praise report and a blessing that that our own uh, Kitty Bodwin is a grandma. Uh, so she she's had her first grandchild. She's up in the wilds of Alaska right now with her son and daughter-in-law, and uh, a very cold baby. I'm sure they're probably keeping the baby under that French fry warmer that they use, you know, in the hospital because it's so cold up there. But and I don't know. That's just my imagination. But I know Kitty's living. Uh, 
uh, her best life right now with her, her grandson, and she's very, very happy. So uh, blessings to her. So uh, that's it on announcements. Wait. When do you need those? Do you need them back next week? I, um, I need those on the, by the 17th, I think. Okay. Is that right? Let's see. Today is the 6th. Now I've got to do math, John. Uh, the 13th. Yeah, let's do next week, the 13th. Right, okay, so next Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. So, um, I did say good morning already, and good morning, of course, to those of you watching online, those of you that are here. Um, you know, as I was talking to the kids about the, uh, this time of year, about Thanksgiving, and uh, it seems to me just from um, a battle of wills that I'm having with my wife right now at home and also with some things on, online that... There are certain Christmas crusaders out there that, that are really gung-ho about getting the tree up and starting to sing jingle bells and, and all that sort of thing. And I'm like, you know, let's, let's just pump the brakes, all right, for a little bit on, on the Christmas stuff. Because um, I think Thanksgiving, I think Turkey Day, I think, you know, all of that needs its due. And so for the next three weeks, um, we're going to do a series that, uh, that we're calling The Power of Thanks. And what we're going to look at is we're going to, it's going to provide insight for us into uh, what it means to be thankful and, and how this leads us, this attitude leads us to praise, it leads us to gratefulness, it leads us to the object of our faith, to Jesus Christ. So when, when believers practice thanks to their creator, it, 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 does, it does something for us. It does something for our soul that, that we really can't explain otherwise. And obviously one excellent way to say thanks is in prayer. So let me pray for us as we begin today. Heavenly Father, you're so good. I could stop there and just say amen, but you, you've blessed us and we are grateful. But we also, we want to say thank you when things aren't perfect through the struggles, through adversity. Thank you, God, that you are with us. Teach us, Lord, how to be thankful at all times. Help us to discover the power of thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a, a New York Times best-selling author. This sounds like that. This is the kind of guy, it sounds to me like I would love to sit down and have coffee with. Okay, this guy's name is... A.J. Jacobs. You may be familiar with him or familiar with his work, but he's, he's known for his unconventional experiments. So in the early 2000s, he spent 18 months attempting to memorize the Encyclopedia Britannica, the whole thing, okay? And, and, and he did this so that afterward he could write his first book entitled The Know-It-All, which he did. And then later, he would write a book, which is, I think, arguably more famous, some of us may have heard of, which is entitled The Year of Living Biblically. And what he did was he, he spent a year chronicling his journey to attempt to live every commandment that was given in the Bible for an entire year. In a third experiment, Jacob's desired to celebrate Thanksgiving the way the original pilgrims had done. So he, he asked a historian, a man by the name of Richard Pickering, to, to guide him and his family through this process, what this might look like. 
So uh, he wanted it to be as authentic as possible. So they ate authentic food, they, they told riddles, they um, played games, they did all of these things, and, and they invited guests, and they gave thanks the way the pilgrims did. And at the end of this brief experiment, Jacobs learned that the pilgrims, who we grew up in school studying about when we learned about Thanksgiving, they had had this moment of Thanksgiving, this infamous event. It was shortly after losing about 90% of their population. About half of them had, had, had died off due to scurvy. And the, and the Native Americans that were with them, they're the ones that lost 90% of their population to a plague. But there was this significant loss. And yet, during this time of significant loss, amid this chaos and this pain and, and all of this uncertainty, they were able to give thanks for all the good things. And so if they were able to give thanks, then Jacobs felt like it should be pretty simple for him to give thanks for his relatively cushy life. And the same is true for us. It's, it's during this, this time of year when all of our busyness starts to ramp up a little bit. You know, the holidays present us with added obligations, with, with stress as we attempt to get everything done. We possibly travel. That gets thrown into the mix. We deal with those issues. We spend time with extended family. We have companies staying with us. We, we decorate. Uh, which means I got to take several trips up to the attic and, and back down and, and all of that sort of thing. We, we fill our calendars with social obligations, parties, whatever it is. It's rush, rush, rush. It just feels that way. And it doesn't tend to put us in an attitude of thanks. But if you turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you right now, you can go analog, or if you're going digital, we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. That's going to be our focus today, that particular verse. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul's admonition was for us to give thanks in all things. While giving thanks for everything isn't always pleasant, he also points out that it's God's will. Paul's command is very clear here, right? The, the concept of giving thanks always can seem like a hard thing to do. Considering that the word all doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room there, Okay, he, he's, he's not really giving us an out in any, any way, no exceptions. Is, is it possible, is it possible that this man, this Apostle Paul, who was writing this, that he knew that there was something, something special and unique that we would experience when we give thanks in a situation that doesn't seem worthy of being thankful. The, the first letter to the Thessalonian church is probably Paul's earliest surviving epistle. It's generally dated around 51 AD. 
The letter was intended to encourage the Christian growth of new believers in the Thessalonian church and to settle questions that they had, primarily about the Lord's second coming. Paul founded this church in Thessalonia, uh, in Thessalonica, on his second missionary journey in about, right about A.D. 51. And at this time, Thessalonica was the largest city in Macedonia. It was a trade hub due to its access to roads and because it, it was right there on the water. So it was a bustling, busy place. It got a lot of attention. And he wrote, we, we read this in, in Acts. It says, now, now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous. And taking some wicked men of rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men, who have turned the world upside down, have come here also. And Jason has received them. And they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things and when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest they let them go so they were concerned but they weren't that concerned they took a little bribe and they kind of turned their heads and, and let them move on although he was there only a short time you notice what was written about what Paul did while he was there in Thessalonica he created this great stir his, his enemies accused him of quote turning the world upside down. A large number of Greeks and prominent women believed and it was talked about all over Greece. So Paul and Silas were driven out and they were sent to this town named Berea. So they, they go there, right, and it, which was about 50 miles to the west and, and soon Paul is also driven from Berea, probably for similar reasons, where, where he left Silas and Timothy there, okay, and he headed to Athens. When Paul reached Athens, he was filled with anxiety about this young church in Thessalonica. So he immediately sent Timothy back there. Go check it out, make sure they're okay. And by the time Timothy returned, to report back to Paul, because they didn't have smartphones back in those days, Paul had left Athens and had gone to Corinth. And Corinth is where historians believe Paul wrote the letter to, to the first Thessalonians. So Timothy brought word that the Thessalonian Christians were enduring their persecution courageously. We read that in, in, um, in Acts. But some Christians had died. 
and some were puzzled as to, to how those who had died are still going to benefit from the Lord's second coming. So this letter from Paul is, is filled with encouragement. Paul is uh, cheering them on with these reassurances to maintain their peace, maintain their perseverance, maintain their joy, their prayer, and yes, thankfulness, which is why he gave them the instruction that he did. This, this is not something that Paul was saying just to say. It wasn't one of those Hallmark card things that sounded good on paper, and so Paul wrote it down and sent it to them. That wasn't it. Paul was familiar with what he was talking about. It was something that he lived. It's kind of like what A.J. Jacobs had discovered about the pilgrims of old. Through <laughs> difficult times, Paul had learned to be content and to be thankful in all things. He, he wrote in Philippians, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content, to be thankful. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Did you catch his wording there? I have learned the secret. We love a good secret, don't we? Right? Shh, tell me your secret. What's your secret? You know? Man, you're always happy. What's your secret? Okay? Coffee. That's my secret. But seriously, we love a good secret. And, and, and so Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica and telling them, be thankful in every circumstance, I believe was part of Paul's secret. That's his secret. Be thankful. When, when he challenged these believers at Thessalonica to give thanks in all situations, he used this really interesting choice for the word thankful. In Greek, he used this word eucharistio. Now, depending on your church tradition, where you grew up, you may recognize a similar word there. The word Eucharist. That's what many churches use in place of what we call the Lord's Supper or we call communion. Now, the, the ultimate example of giving thanks in the midst of something that is considered unjust is Jesus. Right? I mean, consider what he did. Christ gave his life up to save the souls of humankind. And yet he too, he gave thanks. A, a, a great reminder for us is that when we're going through times that don't seem worthy of thanks, we need to remember what Christ did for us on the cross. So, okay. We, we can see Paul applying this truth. But here's the question that popped into my mind about this verse in 1 Thessalonians. Why is it God's will that we give thanks in all things? Paul's very clear about that. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Why does God care what my attitude is? Why does God desire us to always be thankful? 
Well, the Bible is filled with commands for us to give thanks always to God. Right? We give thanks to God in Psalms 106, 107, and 118. They all coincidentally begin with the exact same first verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. These verses, like many others, list reasons why we should give thanks to God in all circumstances, such as his love endures forever. He is good. Psalm 105 tells us his mercy is everlasting. Thanksgiving and praise always go together. We cannot adequately praise and worship God without also being thankful. Feeling and expressing appreciation is good for us. It's like, like any wise father, God, God wants us to learn to be thankful for all the gifts that he has given us. Remember that James, the brother of Jesus, said this. He said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So it's, it's in our best interest to be reminded that everything that we have is a gift from God. Without gratitude, we become arrogant, we become self-centered, we begin to believe that we've achieved everything on our own. This is mine. I earned this. I deserve this. Thankfulness keeps our hearts in right relationship to the giver of all good gifts. Giving thanks also reminds us of, of how much we do have. I, the other night when, when we had all those visitors and their cute little costumes, there was a run on T-Rexes this year for some reason, which is kind of funny if you know my wife's shoulder story because for the longest time. But anyway, <laughs> um, but the parents, it, it never failed. We come to the door, it could seem like 20 kids, and there were at least a few adults there. And you would always hear at least one of the adults say, ah, ah what do you say? And they would turn back because they were already ready to move on to the next one. You know, they've only got so much endurance and they've got goals, you know, so I get that. But uh, so they, they would stop and go, thank you. Or, you know, if the mask was tight, you know, but, but still, you knew what they were saying, right? But it's something that we, we, we drill into our kids. We, we teach our kids because it's an attitude we want them to have. So that should be an attitude we have, Right? to our Father, to our parents, to our God, thankful for everything that God has given us. It, it, it does remind us of all of the things that we have. You know, human beings are, are, are prone to covet, aren't we? That's why it's one of the big ten. Don't covet, okay? He knew. That's why he wrote it down in stone, okay? We tend to focus on the things we don't have. That's why we do it, right? Man, look at that guy's yard. I wish my yard was that green. Wow, look at that, you know? That kind of stuff. We, it's human nature 
But by, by giving thanks for what we have, continually, we are reminded of how much we have. It's the calendar thing. If, you're, if your kids are doing it this week, and, and I really hope and pray they are, do it with them. Do it with them. Just write something down every day, one word. You want to throw yourself? Write a vague word, because then a couple days later you'll go, Wait, what did I mean by that? <laughs> It'll make you stop and think, right? But it works. It really does. And when, when we focus on blessings, on the things that we have, other than on the things that we want, we're happier. When we start thanking God for the things that we usually take for granted, our perspective changes. We realize that, that we could not even exist without the merciful blessings of God. When, when we read that verse in, in 1 Thessalonians, it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We are to be thankful not only for the things we like, but for the circumstances that we don't like. And when, when we make a point to thank God for everything that he allows to come into our lives, we keep the bitterness at bay. We cannot be both thankful and bitter at the same time. We, we do not thank him for evil, but that he's sustaining us through it. We don't thank him for harm because he didn't cause that, but, but we thank him that he gives us the strength to endure it. We, we thank him for his promise that all things will work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Paul says that in Romans 8.28, excuse me. We can have thankful hearts toward God, even when we do not feel thankful for the circumstances. We can grieve and still be thankful. We can hurt and still be thankful. We can be angry, angry at sin, and still be thankful toward God. That's what the Bible calls a sacrifice of praise. It's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. Giving thanks to God keeps our hearts in right relationship with him. It saves us from a host of harmful emotions and attitudes that are going to just swoop in and rob us of the peace that God wants us to experience. You remember in... Uh, Philippians uh, 4, 6 through 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. How? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think I confessed a couple of weeks ago, this is a really difficult passage of scripture for somebody like me. It really is. Do not be anxious about anything. That's my go-to. I'm a worrier. 
You know, I say it loud and say it proud. I worry about things I have no business worrying about. I do it anyway. It's just sort of a default setting for me. And yet here I'm being instructed, do not be anxious about anything. Well, God, I got to be honest with you, that's hard. You didn't wire me that way. But in everything by prayer and supplication, in other words, turning it over to him, with thanksgiving. Why? Because he's there. And he's saying, give it. I can take it. I got this. Pastor Rick Warren gave five reasons in this great article about why being thankful in all things was God's will. And I wanted to share it with you because I thought there was a lot of wisdom there. The first reason that he gives, he says, gratitude honors God. Anytime that you thank anyone, you honor them. You need to learn to thank God, not just for what he does, but who he is. God, I thank you that you're smarter than me. I thank you that your wisdom is greater. I thank you that you know what will make me happy more than I do. I thank you that you're consistent when I'm inconsistent. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. That's thanking God for who he is. And it honors him to have this kind of attitude of thanks. You know, doctors know that, that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion. The more grateful you are in life, the healthier you will be. It's been proven physically. It will improve your health. Every day, sit on the side of your bed when you get up. Before you're, I mean, you can put your feet on the floor, but don't get up. Just sit there for just a second and think about one thing that you're grateful for. It's the calendar exercise. It's kind of cheating because you can do it first and then run in there and go, oh, I got it, and then just write it down, right? But it will change your attitude. It will change your day. If you take the first five minutes of your day and you just set the, the mood for the rest of your day, if you start with gratitude, you'll be healthier, you'll be happier, you'll be closer to God. Second, gratitude creates fellowship. Gratitude always builds deeper relationships between you and other people. You want to... You want to build a relationship with a friend, with a parent, with a spouse, with uh, people in your small group, wh whoever you want to get closer to, start spending more time expressing gratitude to them. You want to build your small group up, right? Shoot somebody a quick text. Man, I'm so glad that, that I got to see you this week. Man, thank you so much for, for what you do. It... It's so simple. And I think in, in our in going back to what I said in the beginning about this time of year, especially because it gets worse, but the rush, 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 busy, busy, busy part of, of 21st century here in America, we we tend to sort of shortchange this idea that a that a, a one minute text message could could change somebody's whole day. A five minute phone call. Hey, man, I was just thinking about you. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for, you know, whatever it is. 
What a difference. What an impact that could make. So I want to encourage you to be more intentional, expressing gratitude to the people in your small group, to people in your family, the people you work with. This week, just write some notes, right? Send some text messages. Shoot an email, okay? Just tell people how grateful you are because it brings you closer together. The next one is gratitude develops my faith. So can you thank God when life stinks? That's the test of whether you're a shallow Christian or a deep one. Can you thank God even when life stinks? When everything is going wrong. If you're going through tough times, don't look at what's lost. Look at what's left. No matter how bad things are in my life, there's always, always the fact that I can be thankful to God just for being God. God has promised to see me through life's most difficult situations to help me out, to strengthen me, to care for me, to do miracles, to answer prayer. He's always promised that even when things don't go my way, he can work it out for the good in my life. So ultimately, his plan is in action, and it takes a growing faith to recognize that. So being, having gratitude develops our faith. Gratitude serves others. Radical gratitude actually serves others. It becomes a ministry. You know, we've been talking about places where people can plug in here at Hope or people can plug in to, to parachurch organizations and other things. This is a, a radical idea for some maybe, but it is a ministry, okay? Because we're saved to serve others. So how about a ministry of appreciation? Have, have you ever bought a car? Ever bought a new car? I would never buy a new car anymore now that I'm older and wiser. But you, you buy a new car, what happens when you drive it off the lot? It depreciates. You could do a U-turn, take it back into the lot, and you're never going to get what you just paid for it. Okay? It's depreciation. We all know that. Okay? Depreciation. But depreciation means decrease in value, and to appreciate means to raise in value. It just makes sense. And, and this is a ministry. When, when you appreciate your wife, when you appreciate your husband, when you appreciate your kids, you, you raise their value. When you appreciate your boss, believe it or not, you raise their value. When you appreciate the people that work with you. I mean, everybody in life needs massive doses of encouragement. I don't think it's just the incredibly insecure. I think we all need it. We all need these, these doses of encouragement. And you, you have this unqualified need to be affirmed because you are you're a human being. We all have it, Right? To, to be loved, to be appreciated. And so think about it. If that's true for you, that's true for pretty much everybody. If you want to be used by God, 
Here's a little secret. Affirm everybody. Appreciate everybody. Show gratitude to everybody. Watch what it does. Watch what it does the next time you just take a minute to say thank you to somebody who's just doing their job. Hey, thank you for that. It'll throw them. We get this guy where I work during the week. We get this guy. He's our day porter. His job is to, is to clean. I mean, he, this guy's on the move, right, all the time. His name's Kevin. He's on the move. That's all I know is his name is Kevin, right? So I see Kevin every once in a while, right? And I'll see Kevin in the, in the men's room, and he's, he's, you know, washing out the sinks, and he, he's, you know, replacing the paper towels and all this stuff. And I'll see, you know, hey, Kevin, thank you for doing that. He's dumbfounded when I say that. And then he always just says the same thing. It's my job. Well, yeah, it's your job, but, I mean, you, you do it well, and you, you do it, okay? You, you don't phone it in. Thank you for that. And that's just one example. You know, I, I went through a drive through a couple days ago to, just to get a quick bite to eat. And, and, and the lady that I dealt with at the window was so kind and just so pleasant. And when she handed me my food, I said, thank you for being so nice. You know, I, I, it's amazing the power that we have to affirm others. It's a ministry. And that being said, that kind of leads into the last one, which I think is really important, is that gratitude is a witness to unbelievers. The best way to share your faith with other people is to start with gratitude. Gratitude shocks people because they're, most people are so ungrateful nowadays. The, the Bible says that as believers, we are to live in a way that makes the truth about God attractive. Do they look at your life and desire to know more about what gives you such an encouraging attitude? In a, in a crooked and depraved generation that is cynical and sarcastic and, and critical and, and all, just all of this, would... Would just being encouraging be a spotlight or be like a light that Jesus talked about that we don't cover up? Christians should be known for radical love. We should be known for radical kindness, radical joy, radical gratitude. There's a theme there, radical, right? And there's a word for that. It's called being Christ-like. And I'm convinced that the, the biggest part about being a Christian is, is this one simple tweak in my everyday life. And I confess I don't always succeed at this. But it's this one tweak. It's taking the focus off of me and putting the focus back on God. That's all it is. Because it's human nature to be selfish. But that's no excuse. If we take our focus and we turn our focus to God, then we see things in a completely different light. We see things from a completely different perspective. And perspective is so important, especially when it comes to being thankful. I'll share a quick story with you before I close today. There's a woman named Corrie Ten Boom. You may have heard of her. She was a, a Dutch Christian. She helped to hide Jews during the advent of the Nazi regime during World War II. 
After being arrested for this, Corey and her sister Betsy were placed in a concentration camp. Corey documented much of her life in her book, The Hiding Place. And in it, she recounts a story where they were just taken to this concentration camp. She and Betsy, and they were complaining because of the environment. They were complaining because of the circumstances when, when they realized that that very morning they had read our verse today in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. To be thankful in all circumstances. And, and since they were reminded to give thanks in all situations, they, they began to verbally list the things that they were thankful for. Just the two of them sitting there, right? And one of the things that her sister Betsy said that she was thankful for was for the fleas, which made Corey, what? What are you talking about? The fleas, that's awful, right? They, they sort of laughed about it together, right? They couldn't believe that she would say she was thankful for the fleas. But then later, as she documented, the fleas were literally everywhere. They were in their beds. They were they're everywhere. What they discovered over just a short period of time, these very fleas were keeping the guards away from their cells. And without the guards there, they could worship Jesus. They could share the gospel. They could talk about God. We can be thankful. It's a matter of having the right perspective. We can be thankful in all things because it's God's will. No matter how good or bad life is, right? It is God's will. So, so this week... In, in line with, with what I suggested to the kids and to the families, let's try this, okay? Again, when you wake up in the morning, just think of one thing to be thankful of. One thing. And every day it has to be something different. You can't choose the same thing every day, okay? You can't do that. But just one thing. Write it down. And then look back. By the end of the week, just look back at the things that you're thankful for. The things that, that God has put on your heart to remind you of how well you are blessed, of how much you have. Let's have a heart of thankfulness together as a church. Amen? All right. Let me pray for us. Let's ask uh, Robert to come back up, close us out. Father, I... Um, Being thankful is something that was, was drummed into me as a child. It's, it's very easy when someone gives me something just to respond almost on autopilot with thank you. I think that's true for all of us. But where I struggle, I confess, is being thankful when things aren't going well. I think that's true, again, for most of us. So my, my prayer, God, is that you would direct us, that you would remind us that it is your will that we be thankful, that it will draw us closer to you, it will draw us closer to each other. God, that you would um, just give us a heart of thankfulness as we go into this season, as we go into this time of, of busyness and stress and, and everything else. Lord, just help us to have the right perspective, your perspective. 
Help us to be thankful in all things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.